surviving destruction and entering Zion, the requirement being a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That is the requirement to survive the destruction and make it into Zion. So this is taken out of the Come Follow Me manual lesson, uh, which culminates today. So these three themes, well, these two major themes are seen throughout each of these three sections, and we're going to take some time to look at each one. We did do a brief overview that was about 17 minutes long. Uh, that just ended about 10, 15 minutes ago, and that has already been posted, so you can check that out if you missed it. And that is a great overview of some of the more important highlights. Get a gist of it. If that's all you want, move on. But this is going to be a lot more interesting because we've got a lot more cross-references and scriptures to look at this and see the gospel of Jesus Christ in action. But uh, it's a little more subtle in some of these verses. But as we look into the meaning behind a lot of these words, we're going to see that the doctrine of Christ, the gospel of Christ, is all in it because it is the way that we survive. This sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. This is how we survive the destruction and make it into Zion. Huge themes. Let's jump in here. In section 64, we're starting out with, listen to my will, receive my will concerning you. Well, receiving God's will is the essence of the everlasting new and everlasting covenant offering up a sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit because in order to do that we have to be willing to do god's will so that's step one interestingly enough i just find that really interesting now i mentioned this in the highlight everything is going to scroll down scroll down point and culminate here towards in the latter third of the chapter right here verse 34 behold the lord requires the heart and a willing mind. Now, he mentions that just a little above. So he says it more than once in the same section. See here in verse 22, just about 12 verses before. Uh, won't hold any guilty. So guilty, so not guilty, meaning they're clean. That goes up to Zion. And look at this, with an open heart. Interesting, that phrase is not used as often to describe this, but we have in other words here, an open heart, and then I the, for I the Lord require the hearts of the children of men. And then as we come down here to verse 34, it's all going to culminate here in requiring the heart and a willing mind. Interesting how he said open heart. We're going to look at some more scriptures and why this is sort of, the central theme, it is the central requirement to make it to Zion. And we're going to see that over and over again as we look at uh, this whole section. And then we'll take a look at 65, which is uh, about the end time servant all throughout Isaiah, a bunch of Isaiah language. And that language is all about helping the Lord's people survive the destruction and then leading them into Zion. And then... Section 66, while seemingly unrelated, uh, a re revelation personally to William McClellan, there are some really great insights that help amplify understanding about 
the sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which is the essence of the gospel, the new and everlasting covenant. And that is really important so that we understand all of these principles properly. So, so let's jump back up here. There's now I said this is a deep dive. We can't deep dive into every verse. There's way too much here. There's so much good stuff here. So we're going to highlight some and then deep dive others. And that will hopefully get all of us going on further study, which is the main point of all this, to get us all in the scriptures more, to help us see the scriptures more clearly, dive into them more. Okay, so receive my will concerning you. Just a real quick, what is the Lord's will? The idea of doing the Lord's will, if we do a quick cross-reference, because this must be understood for the sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. 2 Nephi 31.10, we have a great, in other words, from Nephi about doing God's will. Check this out. Nephi says that Jesus said unto the children of men, follow thou me. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, can we follow Jesus, save we shall be willing to keep the commandments of the Father? Now, these commandments, these commandments is God's will for us the same way that God commanded Lehi to send his sons to go get the plates from Jerusalem. So when you see commandments of the Lord, commandments of God, or in this case, commandments of the Father, that is specifically referring to his will given to you, just like when he gave his will to Lehi. And then when he says, thy brethren murmur, but... I haven't required it of him. It's a commandment of the Lord. And Nephi says, I'll go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. It's not a commandment from the scriptures or anything like that. It was just a commandment by revelation. For I know the Lord gives no commandments to the children of men, except he prepares a way for them to do it. That's my summary of 1 Nephi 3.7. Super famous scripture. So here, here in section 64, that's exactly... Receive my will, because the Lord is going to give specific instructions and commandments. Same idea. So this is how we follow Jesus Christ. And let's just skip down a little bit here. Part of, oh, I skipped too far. Part of this, we see, for verily, look at this, I will that ye should overcome the world. Now, this phrase is extremely important in the gospel to overcome the world. Interestingly, notice that the Lord is saying here, I will that ye should overcome the world. Now, Jesus tells us that he's overcome the world, but ye should overcome the world. This is peculiar language that takes us directly to section uh, 76. Section 76 is the grand vision, the kingdoms of glory, and in section 76, we have this same phrase about overcoming. And it's in this case, it doesn't say overcome the world. It's going to say overcome by faith. So it's 67, or sorry, 76, dyslexic moment, starting in verse, oh, these are they that are celestial. Okay, these are they that are celestial, starting 51. 
These are they who received the testimony of Jesus, baptized by water, verse 51, verse 52, that by keeping the commandments, like we just said, which commandments? God's will concerning us, the personal commandments, that he, his revelation to us of what he wants us to do. That by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit. So this is the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. And receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed under this power. Now, here it is. This is where we're pointing to. And who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Well, right here, after receiving the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, whereby we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost or receive the Holy Spirit, they then overcome by faith. Overcome by faith. Right here, I will that ye should overcome the world. So there is a difference between us overcoming the world through Christ. Let's not forget, it's through Christ. But we still have to do something because I didn't have to do anything for Jesus to overcome the world. He did that on his own, right? So... Let's pull up a little digi whiteboard here. So, broken heart, contrite spirit. Okay. So, first we have my will. Keep his commandments. Which, huge parentheses, receive through the spirit. The spirit. That's the only way we can know. Okay, now we have two phrases. They mean the same thing, and I'm going to show you. Overcome the world. Now, because he wants, remember, parentheses, ye. I will that ye should overcome the world, because he already overcame the world. So this language is important. Overcome the world equals overcome by faith. So overcome the world, overcome by faith. This is pointing to everything that we need to do on the gospel path. Now, keep in mind, lest we stray too long for a second, keep in mind that the entire purpose of this section and 65 specifically are about surviving the destruction that's coming and being able to make it to Zion and the requirements for that. And then section, seven, section 66 highlights again that requirement, which is the sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. That is the requirement. That's the prereq. Okay. So we're 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 building the case for that because we will see that doing his will and keeping his commandments is part that is part of this. Okay. That's part of that. And then also interestingly, this is part of this. So we're going to show that and keep moving. Overcome by faith, um, in 2 Nephi, we have back to chapter 31 where we just went. Overcome by faith. Nephi is going to explain how we overcome by faith. So we're 2 Nephi 31. But now we're going to jump down towards the end of the chapter, verses 19 and 20. So quick overview. Nephi has walked through this process of keeping the commandments, being baptized by water, and then receiving the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. 
And then that's when you commence on the path that leads to eternal life, the tree of life. So he's giving this commentary on the tree of life. And then he says, well, then what do you do after you've started in the path and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Then what do you do? Well, that's what uh, verses 19 and 20 are all about. So now, my beloved brethren, after you've gotten into this straight and narrow path, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I would ask if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, no way. No way equals nay. <laughs> that's a Dustinism. Or maybe that's true. Maybe that's where nay comes from. No way. Nay, for ye have not come thus far, so you haven't been able to even do what you've done, save it were by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him. Interesting. The word of Christ with unshaken faith in him, that's referring to this same thing. So keep his commandments. We have word of Christ. Now, well, it's not just the word of Christ. It's how does he word it? By the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him. So just keep that in mind. I ran out of room here. Word of Christ, we'll see. With unshaken faith. Let me just put with faith. With unshaken faith. Okay. So that is, and in other words, relying wholly upon the merits of Christ, who's mighty to save. So, wherefore, in other words, you must continue to do this. Press forward with a steadfastness in Christ. So, to press forward with a steadfastness in Christ is to move by faith and overcome by faith. This is exercising faith. He said, you didn't get this far without exercising faith in the words of Christ, which is the will of God, which is the commandments of God. That's what he's talking about. So, he's saying you had to proceed by faith, overcoming step by step by faith, and you're relying wholly upon the merits of him who's mighty to save, who is Jesus Christ. So now he's going to restate, he's going to restate that in a little more um, poetic manner that culminates the gospel, wherefore, verse 20, ye must press forward with the steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ. So now he adds the word feasting. Now, feasting is important because it means taking in or taking internally. Feasting. So to take Christ's word internally is to move forward with a steadfastness in Christ or to exercise faith in him by the word of Christ. So it's in other words. Having a perfect brightness of hope, love of God of all men. Wherefore, again, if ye shall do this, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ and endure to the end, which is the overcome by faith. So you're doing this enough that eventually you're overcoming by faith. Behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. So that is overcoming by faith. And he explains and expounds on this a little bit more in the next chapter, uh, but we don't have time for that. But for further reference, to expound on that a little bit more, just check out the next chapter, because Nephi expounds it. He said, well, what do I mean by this? Well, just verse 1, he says, what do I mean by this? And he culminates and he restates everything that we just read. So this is a restatement. 
this is a restatement of chapter 31, verses 19 to 21. Well, we just read the 20, but same idea. So this is a restatement of what we just read. So for further study, check those verses out. We're going to move on here and jump back to section 64, because we're only in verse 2, but I'm going to do some skipping now. So I would that you should overcome the world. Okay, so I'm going to, there's a bunch of awesome stuff here, but just notice here in verse five, Joseph Smith, the keys of the mystery of the kingdom shall not be taken from my servant Joseph through the means I've appointed while he liveth inasmuch as he obeys my ordinances. And we know he did. And a couple other cross references. So that I'm going to put that up on here as a note. So we're going to look at this end time servant, which is what we're coming to in section 65. So we'll be coming back to this, but because we're seeing it in section 64, just want to mention keys, not only of the mysteries of the kingdom, but also we have a couple of references, for example, in section seven, verse seven, so let me, so a cross-reference says he'll have the keys until I come. Interesting. And also in 90, section 90, verse 3, we have, if you want to check out that cross-reference, we have keys never taken from you. And that says, while thou art in the world, neither in the world to come. This we'll come back to. I just wanted to make a note because it is dealing with what we'll come to in section 65. Whoops, I thought I had that pulled up here. There we go. Sorry, I was writing that down and you couldn't see it. So section 7, verse 7 mentions having the keys till I come. Section 90, verse 3, never taken from you. While thou art in the world, neither in the world to come. So, some references there, but now let's jump back here into section 64. So, a bunch of really good stuff here. And notice that when we're supposed to repent, in, sec in back in Nephi, when he tells us to repent, and this is the whole idea of broken heart and a contrite spirit, you can't do that without also forgiving. This is a gold mine, but... I need to skip past it for now, so forgive me, but this is a goldmine in terms of the broken heart and contrite spirit. It is essential. It's the contrite. It's the. This is part of the contrition. So just, just um, part of the contrition without diving into it. So we have the, you have to forgive. So we'll just read it. I say unto you, you ought to forgive one another for he that forgives not his brother's trespasses stands condemned before the Lord and there remains in him the greater sin. I, Lord, will forgive who I want to forgive, whatever. It's not your business. But of you, it's required to forgive everyone. So say in your hearts, and to say in your hearts means to truly have it be in your essence. Uh, let God judge all the things, because as far as you and me, we're good. That's what verse 11 is saying. You can, if you want to insert my in other words there, because you loved it, great. Otherwise, just read verse 11. But that's what it's saying. So we need to add here. And we could spend a lot, of course, we could spend a ton of time on that. But for but for this, 
we're going to add here forgive is an important part of this process of coming into a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Being able to forgive anybody we have any ill feelings towards. Now, when you search deep in your heart, you'll often find there are plenty that you like, oh, no, no, I don't have, I just, I just let go of everything. Yeah, nah, you probably bury things and you think you let go because that's, it's like, you don't know me. Okay. We have, are you a human being? Okay. Then yes, I do. So that's just the nature. Okay. That's the nature of you and me. That's the nature of all of us. And so it's, you can't look past this. You can't think because, oh, I think everything's fine and dandy. I promise you when you want to dig deep and offer up a sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which is this contrition before the Lord, complete contrition, you will find that there are things buried deep that you may not might not have let go of yet, even maybe from 20 years ago. Who knows? So that's why we have to bring it. Okay, moving on. So, so forgive. That's a huge part of it. Spend a whole lesson on that. Jumping in. I'm going to jump down. Now look at this. Angry at Isaac Morley and Ezra Booth for not keeping the law, which is the gospel, neither the commandment, which is what the Lord tells them to do. Look at this. So we have a difference between law and commandment, and now that's just a little bit helpful. Law versus commandment. We don't often hear about that necessarily, but we see an example of it. So didn't keep the commandment, but what's the difference between commandment and law? So I'm just going to come here. So command is God's, so here's a, this is just a way to say it, God's will for me personally. Dustin, I will that you should do this. Now his law is God's will slash requirements for everybody. For example, it is a law that we all must be baptized to be saved, but it is not a law that you have to send your children back to Jerusalem to get the breastplates. That'd be so stupid if you thought that, but it was a commandment for Lehi and Nephi and Sam and Laman and Lemuel. It was a command from the Lord, but it's not a law. See, that's the important difference here. And you have to understand this. We have to understand this so that when we're reading the scriptures, we know what the heck we're reading for everybody versus me personally. Okay. All right. Jump back in. Uh, share this live. Invite your friends. Okay. So, interesting. I withheld my spirit. That's just important to know. But we're okay. We're going to jump down and look at something. At that day, okay, so now we're back to verse 22, and this is going to lead us into the rest of it because right now we're going to focus heavily on surviving the destruction and entering Zion and how this broken heart and contrite spirit plays into this a little more fully. So, after that day, I, the Lord, won't hold any guilty, so you're all guilt-free, that shall go with an open heart to the land of Zion. So what is an open heart? Well, that is going to be expounded upon as we continue. However, let we've got to add it here. Again, all of this is to describe broken heart and contrite spirit, okay? 
that's what this whole page is that we're looking at. So open heart won't hold any guilty that comes with an open heart to the land of Zion. So remember, we're trying to make it to Zion. So you start to see this requirement. Okay, so I need an open heart. For I, the Lord, require the hearts of the children of men. So it is a requirement. So to require the heart. In fact, we'll see that he requires a specific type of heart, a broken heart. We'll see that. But check this out. Behold, now it is called today until the coming of the Son of Man. And verily, it is a day of sacrifice. What type of sacrifice? Well, we're going to see it's the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. It's a day of sacrifice and a day for the tithing of my people, for he that is tithed shall not be burned at his coming. So he that is tithed, I always wondered how in the world could the Lord guarantee me what we have jokingly called fire insurance because I pay money to my church, pay tithing. That's not what he's talking about, but I thought he was for a long time. And I'm going to show you. Uh, that's not what um, not what he's talking about. He's not talking about it at all. Um, he that is tithed. So the tithing of my people. So we're going to make another page here. So tithing, this is this is all about tithing the people. How can you be sure, Dustin? Well, we are going to point that out. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So this person gets tithed of the Lord, which we're going to see actually means spared. It's inherent in it's inherent in the verse. Read the verse. Look, for he that is tithed is spared. That's what it says. He that is tithed is spared. Spared what? Spared the burning, which is the destruction. And this burning is not simply. This burning is not simply the literal burning of the earth when Jesus comes, and we're going to see that in the cross-reference. The cross-reference, uh, real quick, is section 112. So section 112, verses 23, 24 to 26. So 23 sets the scene. I say unto you, darkness covers the earth. This is Isaiah language. Gross darkness, the minds of the people. So the earth is covered in darkness, but the minds of the people is covered in gross darkness. And all flesh has become corrupt before my face. All flesh means every body on the earth has become corrupt before my face. Interesting. So behold, vengeance comes speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth. This is a day of wrath, a day of burning. So this day of burning is mixed in with all this other stuff. Wrath, burning, desolation, weeping, mourning, lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it'll come upon the face of the earth. As a whirlwind, it'll come mightily, speedily, hastily, and without uh, without warning, quote unquote, even though technically there will be signs, but 
That's what this is talking about. So here, when we have, it is a day of sacrifice, a day for the tithing of my people. And what is that tithe? He that is tithed is he who offers the sacrifice, by the way. And that person shall not be burned or destroyed at his coming. So that's the day of destruction equals destruction. And then look, who, who is he talking about? He says, he says, it's not tithing the people. Sorry, we're going to make this just a little bit more unfair for the listener. It's tithing my people, says the Lord. Burning equals destruction. That is thanks to section 112, 24 to 26. But we have to finish reading it because it is my people. And this reiterates it. So jump back to 112. Upon all the face of the earth, and look at this, and upon my house, which is my people, my house is my people, upon my house shall it begin this day of destruction, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. In other words, just to reiterate, in case you don't understand, first among those among you, my people, says the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me. And to make it worse, and blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, which we just said is midst of my people. My house is my people. So you've blasphemed in the midst of my people, says the Lord. To blaspheme, to pretend you knew God, and you didn't. That's the blasphemy. Pretend to know God, and you didn't. So let's pull this up. So, day of destruction so first among those among you so these people blasphemed pretend to know no not pretend profess not just pretend it's profess profess to know god to profess in the midst of my people see here see here in the midst of my people Professed to know God, but didn't. This is so important. I hope this topic doesn't bore anybody watching this, because if you want to survive the destruction and enter Zion, these pieces of information are paramount. And are they only found in sections 64 and 65? No, they are found all over the place, but it is really cool to see how they show up even here in 64 and 65, which is why we're taking a look at it. Absolutely love it. Uh, please share this video. Get your friends and family on. Everyone needs to survive the destruction. Who wants to be who wants to be who wants to be these people? Because this is tithing of my people. Now you're like, well, I'm still not convinced that it one tenth is spared. Well, okay, fine. But uh, in the meantime, I need to add that this is a day of sacrifice. So that's gonna play into it's going to play into a really important role here. The person who sacrifices properly is spared, and that sacrifice we're going to see is the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Let's read that right now. So third Nephi. 
chapter 9, verse 20. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice. Here it is. So it's a day of sacrifice. Well, what do you sacrifice? Offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso comes unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, check this out. Him or her will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. Even as the Lamanites in Helaman chapter 5, by the way, because of their faith in me at the time of their conversion, were baptized with fire and the Holy Ghost, and they knew it not. Now, they did know that they did know they were visited by angels and burnt by heavenly fire and heard the voice of God. They just didn't know what it was called. So just tidbit on that. That's what that means. They totally knew what happened in the scriptures in that chapter say that they knew what happened. But the important part here is to is to offer the sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, which is meaning the same thing as what we're already reading here in section 64. An open heart, he said, I require the heart, and we're going to see in just a second, uh, just below these verses, but it's a day of sacrifice, and that is the sacrifice to be tithed. You want to be tithed. If you're not tithed, you're not spared. Because, look, it's not going to be great. Now, greater light, greater condemnation. So in case this seems harsh, in case this seems harsh, just let me remind anybody, greater light, this is just an important principle, greater condemnation, and that's section, uh, whatever, I forgot. Someone in the chat, tell us what that is. Someone in the chat tell us what the DNC section is for greater light, greater condemnation. I'm not perfect. If I disappointed anybody by forgetting that, I apologize. Your role model has shattered your dreams. Okay, greater light, greater condemnation. And that explains what looks like a morbid scene of these tragic stick figures. But I promise their fate is more tragic than the artwork. Okay? This is important. This is surviving destruction and entering Zion. So important. Can't stress it enough. Now, um, the next verse, verse 24, for after today, so it's called today. Interestingly, um, let's map that out real quick. So we have this timeline. And we have a cutoff time. And we have today. And then we have Lord's coming. The coming of the Son, Son of Man, the Lord's coming. Now, the Lord's coming, just remember, we specified, is not just him coming in glory. It's a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of weeping, lamentation, a day of, a.k.a. day of destruction. So, in other words, this Lord's coming, this Lord's coming is specifically the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
So, so let's keep this little diagram in mind. So it's called today until the Lord's coming. And then, so look at this. For after today comes the burning. And look, this is speaking after the man of the Lord. That's what I just, that's what I was just explaining to you. And then check that out. For verily I say, tomorrow all the proud that do wickedly shall be stubble. So now we just got that timeline. So the Lord is now calling this tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Not if you're not tithed. So you can say that to your friends now. And then and they say, stop being stupid. Say, well, you want to get burned? And then just show them this. You can copy that. Screenshot. See you tomorrow. Probably not. Probably not. Why are you saying that? Well, because the odds aren't very good. These odds aren't very good. Tomorrow, all the proud and they that do wickedly shall be stubble. Well, interestingly, proud and they that do wickedly, its he's talking about my people. The proud of my people and they that do wickedly of my people shall be a stubble, and I will burn them up, for I am Lord of hosts. I will not spare any that, ooh, look at this. I will not spare any that remain in Babylon. To remain in Babylon, we do not want to be in Babylon. So there are some great cross-references that we could do for that. But for time's sake, we are just going to add here to our uh, diagram. This idea of uh, Babylon. Let's see, what color can I use? We'll do black right here. So this side remained in Babylon. See that? This side remains in Babylon. Will not spare any that remain in Babylon. Now, there are great scriptures. Flee from Babylon. That's all over Isaiah and Jeremiah. And we could look those up, but I'll let you do that on your own time. And the Lord's just reiterating it here. So it's nothing new. It's definitely, definitely nothing new. So what we have here, uh, some important cross-references. Let's look. We, we read. Okay, let's go to section 45, 56, and 57. This is a great cross-reference for this. We already did 112, and that was a fantastic cross-reference. So here is another. This is this this is in in other words. 45, 56, 57. And then for the cherry on top, which does reiterate that it is actually 10%. So 56 and 57, section 45. At that day, which is the great and dreadful day of the Lord, in other words, at that day. Tomorrow, at that day, tomorrow, at this day, so not this day, but this day. At that day when I shall come in my glory. Now, again, this is, oh, but Dustin, this says when he comes in his glory. Yes, but he's speaking after the manner of the Lord. And the manner of the Lord is that the Lord's coming comes in uh, at least two parts, actually three. But first he comes... First, he comes in judgment and wrath. That's the great day of the Lord. Um, then he comes in mercy to uh, redeem his people. And then he comes in glory. So it actually comes in three parts. So we're just looking at the first part of that. 
when we're seeing this here, the Lord's coming. So that's what that's what that's what's talking about here. At that day when I come in my glory, shall the parable be fulfilled which I spake concerning the ten virgins? Well, Dustin, you have ten virgins on your little paper, and you burnt nine of them. Because parable ten virgins says five and five. You're not being lenient. Well, that's true. Uh, but it's not my fault. We're going to blame not only what scripture we read, we're going to blame Isaiah, but just hang on, just hold, keep your shirt on. Verse 57, for they that are the wise virgins, so this is defining wise virgin. For they that are wise and have taken the Holy Spirit and received the truth and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide. So we've just defined wise virgin has Three requisites for they that are wise. Okay, so they've received the truth. Interesting, because all the virgins are the Lord's people, so which of the Lord's people haven't received the truth? What truth? Second Nephi 28. Focuses on that. Okay, received the truth. Okay, and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide. So they're guided by the Spirit. Remember what I said earlier here? Backing up. Guided by the Spirit. We receive these things through the Spirit. That's what it's talking about. Offering up a broken heart and a contrite spirit. So guided by the spirit is talking about broken heart, contrite spirit, do God's will for you personally. Okay. That's number two. And then number three, and have not been deceived. So it's possible to have it's possible to receive the truth, but then not take the Spirit for your guide and then be deceived. It's possible to receive the truth, take the Holy Spirit for your guide, but then end up becoming deceived. You got to watch all three. So not been, not been deceived. These are wise virgins. So all virgins are good people. So virgin equals... Good people, God's and God's people. It's not just enough to be a good person. We also have to be wise, and these are the wise conditions or requirements or prereqs. Okay. But look at this. Verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into what? The fire where you're burned, the day of burning, the destruction. There it is. There it is right here. But they shall abide the day. To abide the day, to abide the day is to survive the destruction. And then those who survive the destruction have the opportunity to enter Zion. Is it becoming clear? Hopefully it's important. Share this video. Share this video with your family and friends. There's not a more important topic for right now. 
One more cross-reference. I promised a 10% cross-reference. So we're going to go to, it's out of Isaiah, but we're going to read uh, Nephi's recounting of it. So this is from Isaiah 6, but we're going to look at it in 2 Nephi 16. So 2 Nephi 16, last few verses, 9 through 13. So here, so you see the cross-reference. Compare Isaiah 6. But Nephi sees it happen with us. So interestingly, this immediately connects it with the end time servant, which we're coming to in section 65. And he said, the Lord said, go and tell this people who? The messenger. Hear ye indeed, but they understood not. So you heard it, but you didn't understand. See ye indeed, but they perceived not. You heard it. You saw it right in front of you. You didn't understand. So make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted and healed. Look at this. So we, so the Lord wants us to see with our eyes, hear with our ears the word of the Lord, understand with our hearts, so open heart, remember? The Lord said, understand with their heart. The Lord said, open heart in verse 22. Who goes up with an open heart will be not guilty. Not guilty if you go up with an open heart. Okay? That's what this is talking about. Understand with your heart, be converted and healed. That's to be converted and healed is this, Third Nephi 9 verse 20. Come unto me, offer for sacrifice a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Do the will of the Lord. And whoso does, I will baptize him with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And this baptism is our redemption. I came to bring redemption. That is the redemption. To save us from sin. That's how we save from sin. Well, section 112 told us that darkness covers the earth, but gross Darkness covers the minds of the people. Darkness covers the earth, but gross darkness the minds of the people. We all we all need to be cleansed from sin, and this is how we do it. So that's what's talking about here in Isaiah, and Nephi's quoting him. And the servant says, Lord, how long? And he said to the servant, until the cities, look at this, here's the destruction, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant. And the servant, by the way, these are the cities of the Lord's people. And the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. Hmm. Or rather, and the Lord have removed men far away, for there shall be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. The Lord's people. But look at this. But despite all the destruction, yet or still there shall be a tenth and they shall return. Return where? Return to Zion and shall be eaten as a till tree and as an oak whose substance is in them when they cast their leaves. So the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. So there shall be a tenth out of all this destruction, of all this destruction, one out of the ten. That's where it's coming from. There shall be a tenth. So the end time servant, by the way, we just get that here. 
second Nephi 16. So he's sent to declare. Just pulling these out before we get to 65. All right. So that is our 10th. Whoops, this way. That is the 10th. So lest we don't believe, we're going to say second Nephi 16, 13, which is the same as Isaiah 6, 13. It is a 10th, guys. Now, so if you feel betrayed by the parable of the 10 virgins, it's just a parable. It's just a parable. It's actually only a tenth, so it's it's a little bit more bleak. So this whole idea here, surviving destruction and entering Zion, it starts to make, so hopefully it's like making more sense. We're like, okay, this is serious business. Serious business. It's a day of sacrifice. Okay? It's a day of sacrifice. Which sacrifice? Sacrifice, you shall offer to me a broken heart, country spirit. That's the sacrifice. Offer. Okay. Jumping... Back here to 64. Won't spare any that remain in Babylon. Interesting here, by the way, verse 25. Wherefore, if you believe me, you will labor and work your butt off while it's called today to repent, A, and B, to sound the voice of warning. Section 88, first, I think, 81. Uh, he that is becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. So if you believe me, you will labor while it's called today. So right here, before this time, if you believe me, start working your tail off. There we go. That's what I wanted. So this is when we want to labor before the labor pains. So I just couldn't resist. That was a great word link on accident. And as that happens all the time, I'm a band teacher, or was anyway. So we have this fun word link. Labor waltz called today before the labor pains come. Okay. That is, this is, labor pains is a reference of Book of Revelation. Okay. So... Okay, some specific some specific instructions to the men of that time. Now, look at this. Um, we're going to skip down to where he now summarizes it. All things must come to pass in their time. Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing. This is the laboring part. For you are laying the foundation of a great work. By the way, that foundation, this foundation is referring to the same foundation of the parable of the redemption of Zion in section 101. The foundation that was laid before the enemy come, came in and took over the vineyard. You're laying the foundation of a great work. So that was referring to back then. Today is the day that we continue that work. And out of small things proceeds that which is great. The Lord's about to do a great and marvelous work. So that's what this great work is. The great and marvelous work. By the way, this great work, verse 33. Let's pull up the white. This great work, according to Jesus, 
this great work starts here. So the great and marvelous work. How Marv? Can I do Marv? That kind of sounds weird. Great and marvelous work starts right here at the beginning of this, according to Jesus in Third Nephi. This is a, just a general picture. So, yes, we can get into more nitty gritty details. So, don't get too picky. This is just a little general overview. So, you get the idea. Okay. So, if anyone smarter than me comes on here and wants to be a smart aleck about it, I already gave a disclaimer. So, but look at the next verse. Behold, here it is again. The Lord requires the heart. We already saw that in verse 22, but now we have a full explanation. The Lord requires the heart and a willing mind. He requires the heart. He wants your heart and he wants a willing mind. And then look at this. And here's the, here it is. Surviving destruction. We already talked about how that is important for surviving destruction, but now we have entering Zion specifically. And the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land of Zion in these last days, the willing and obedient. So now we have require the heart willing mind. So let's go back. So we have willing and obedient heart and willing minds. We have two different phrases for our chart here. So we have requires, so broken heart, contrite spirit requires the heart and willing mind. And then in other words, in other words, the willing and obedient. Willing and obedient to what? To my will, see? To my commandments and to the laws of the gospel. Okay, those still count, but we can't miss God's will for us. Otherwise, we're not taking the Holy Spirit as our guide because the Holy Spirit doesn't teach us. The law is like in the scriptures and from the prophets. That's the law. The law comes out of the scriptures, out of what's written. And we learn that in the Book of Mormon. Nephi says, we need to get the scriptures so we have the law. But the commands of the Lord, those come from the Spirit. And that's how we survive the day of burning. So, so back here, the willing and obedient eat the good land of Zion. Now check this out. And the rebellious, so just in case you don't get it, the rebellious are cut off out of the land of Zion. So they're destroyed or they're plucked out, as we read. They're plucked out. Oh, we didn't read it yet. It's right there. They shall not inherit the land. They're sent away. They won't inherit the land. They're sent away, the great forsaking or the destruction. It's not sent away as in uh, just move somewhere else. It's not what the sent away means. It's sent away meaning off the earth. It's a very poetic way of saying goodbye. They're sent away. For verily I say that the rebellious, look at this, the rebellious are not of the blood of Ephraim. We're going to dive into that also. So we're going to dive into a couple pieces here. Wherefore thou shalt be plucked out, that means destroyed. Okay. So we, we ran out of, oh, no, we didn't. Not inherit the land and plucked out. We can add here. We have just a little space right here. Oh, running out of room. Okay. So we have plucked 
out. Okay, and then not inherit the land. Or we'll say not inherit Zion. How about that? Not inherit Zion. Oh, rebellious. We had the word rebellious, which is um, important. Rebellious. All right, that's getting pretty stacked over there. And then over here on this side, of course, we had person who gives the heart and the willing mind. Um, can I draw a brain? Actually, that's stupid. How about I draw a person's head with a smile? That's their mind. Okay, I'm just running out of room, so I'm getting creative here. Okay, so here we have the broken heart contrite spirit. We already read 3 Nephi 9, verse 34, but let's do a quick cross-reference. The Lord requires the heart, so... So here, we're going to make, I'll pull up that screen. There we go. Okay, so the Lord so requires the heart, just for space, I'm going to say mind, but we know it's willing mind, and that's important. We have Matthew 6.21 which says, for wherever your treasure is, that's a treasure chest, for wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay, from the Sermon on the Mount, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the Lord requires your heart. So where is your treasure? What, what do you treasure? Okay, so the Lord's requiring this. Let's also... Take a quick look at Mosiah 3.19, very uh, popular, famous scripture. So Mosiah 3.19 is all about the natural man. So Mosiah 3.19, for the natural man... Let's pull that up. For the natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields. Look at this. Yields to what? Yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit. This is how we survive the day and don't get burned. And puts off the natural man and becomes a saint through the atonement of Christ the Lord. This means the same thing as baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. And becomes a child, submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord sees fit to inflict upon him. This is broken heart and contrite spirit, even as a child does submit to his father. Now, the natural man is an enemy to God. So the natural man has a hard heart. So the natural man or woman has a hard heart. And hard hearts must be broken. Okay? Hard hearts must be broken. And we can see that if we turn to Ezekiel chapter 36. We get a great um, a description from the prophet Ezekiel. 
And this passage we're going to come to again later. So I'm just going to read one verse, I think uh, verse 22. Let's pull it up. Oh, 26, sorry. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. By the way, this is talking about when we're born a new man. And I will take away the stony heart, or the heart of stone, out of your flesh, or out of your body, that's what the flesh means, out of your body, and I will give you a soft heart, and heart of flesh, a fleshy heart, a soft heart. See that? So that's the natural man coming in into this process, this process here to put off the natural man is to put off that stony heart and become a state through the atonement of Christ the Lord. In other words, only through Christ the Lord can we get this new heart and he will take our natural heart out and give us a heart of flesh. So that was Ezekiel 36, 26. Heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Okay. And becoming an atonement, becoming a saint through the atonement is this whole idea here being baptized with fire with the Holy Ghost, being saved from our sins. Okay. So uh, the other way to say this, let's pull up one more. So I love this idea from Omni one twenty six. I love the way he says it here. He says, "Offer your whole souls." Check this out. Now I'm want to make this really clear for this part because this is everything. Look at this. Come unto him. And offer, so we have the day of sacrifice, day of offering, offer as a sacrifice, offer as a sacrifice, your whole souls as an offering unto him. See? Come unto him, partake of his salvation, being saved from sins, the power of his redemption, by him redemption comes. Look at this. I bring redemption. How do we bring redemption? Baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. See that? So that's all of this. That's important because as we come back here to verse 64, he requires a heart and willing mind. He's talking about being redeemed, baptized of fire and the Holy Ghost, and that's important. All of that points to this. Let's write that down. Baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Redemption. Baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. That's what that means which brings redemption. So your whole souls is the sacrifice. So let's go back here and just add, do we have any more room? Whole souls as a sacrifice. Anyone who needs these screenshots afterwards, we can provide them. Off your whole souls as a sacrifice. Okay. Now, as we're finishing this discussion here, check this out. So section 66 is these specific instructions to William McClellan. Look at this. Blessed are you for receiving mine everlasting covenant, even the fullness of my gospel. 
So William E. McClellan received the fullness of the gospel. Well, he received it because he was willing, or he began to be willing to enter into this covenant of offering a sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And in turn, the Lord would baptize him with fire and the Holy Ghost. But as we read here, he, he wasn't all the way there yet. Sent forth unto the children of men. He says, you are clean, but not all. Repent, therefore. So baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost happens after you repent. So he still needs to repent of some things, of the things which aren't pleasing in my sight. So he's not quite there yet. Like he started, he starts, he's on the right path. He's, he's obviously repenting somewhat because he is clean, just not all. So he has some things to repent of. Look at this. The Lord will show them unto you. The Lord will show them unto you. That's the revelation. The Lord will show them unto you his will for me personally. The Lord will. So 66 verse 3. Wait. Verse 3. I will show you. I'll show you what to do. So that harkens right back to 2 Nephi. We didn't get to read it. I only had time to reference it. 2 Nephi 32, 5, same thing. The Holy Ghost will show you all things. I, Lord, will show you. Okay. The commandments of God, which is what we're talking about here. I'll show you. It's beautiful. It's all coming together. So verse 4 reiterates, I will show unto you what I will concerning you, or what is my will concerning you. See? By revelation. It's like, oh, but he got it through Joseph. Yeah, well, we can get it through the Spirit. So there you go. So proclaim my gospel, and then uh, keep going, do this, do that, giving him his specific instructions, his specific instructions that apply to him, just like Lehi and the specific instructions to go get the plates apply to him and Nephi, etc., etc., Specific instructions. You got to get them. Downloads from the Spirit. Got to connect. And then look at this. By the way, commit not adultery, a temptation you have been troubled. So he's telling him how to repent, by the way. He ends up committing it, sadly. But um, Continue these things even unto the end, which we read at the beginning. This is how we overcome by faith, which is continuing doing the will of the Lord, offering up a sacrifice of a broken heart and contrary spirit. And that leads us to eternal life. We saw that in Nephi. See? Here it is again. All just coming around. So that, that takes care of 66. 66 is swallowed up in all of this here, which is the main focus of 64. But we have a piece here that we need to fill out because we have those who don't inherit are the rebellious. And let's solve this mystery before we go to the last little bit, before we go to the last little bit, they are not the blood of Ephraim. They're not the blood of Ephraim. Let's solve this mystery here by opening up a new thing. So we have not the blood of Ephraim. What is this talking about? Let's use red because it's blood. Not... Ephraim. So this part is really fun and interesting. 
so let's check out a couple verses here. Okay, so we we were reading already about in Third Nephi nine twenty three or a couple of verses above. Yeah, three verses up to seventeen. Look at this: as many as have received me. To them have I given to become the sons of God. So receive Christ equals sons and daughters. Of God. As many have received me, to them I have given to become sons and, and daughters of God. And even so will I will to as many as believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh. There's the connection again. Redemption, which comes through this baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. So that's how we get become the sons or daughters of God. Now, we got to connect this to blood Ephraim. So let's go to another quick scripture. So from there, sons of God is talking about the adopted sons and daughters of Christ. So, so we're going to see... This principle here that we're actually talking about adoption by Christ. And let's check that out in Mosiah 5, verse 7. Mosiah chapter 5. Verse 7, and now because of the covenant which ye have made, this is the new and everlasting covenant, broken heart and contrite spirit, be baptized with fire in the Holy Ghost. Because of this covenant which you have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. There it is. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you, or you are born again. Spiritually begotten you, you are born again. Begotten. You say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Oh, your hearts are changed? Your hearts are changed? A new heart I'll give you, Ezekiel? Your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, you're born of him and become his sons and daughters. See that? You've entered into the covenant with God to be obedient unto the ends of your lives. See, look at that. This is how you take upon you the name of Christ. Because when you're born of him, you got his name. So, I'm just going to put name of Christ. Adoption of Christ slash name of Christ. So, let's read just a couple of scriptures that now will connect this to where we need it to go. So Romans 9, 6, uh, Romans 9, 6 to 8. It's going to connect this being the children of Christ to uh, the seed of Abraham and eventually to the blood of Ephraim. And this is, this is exactly where we're going with this so that we can understand how important this whole section is in section 64. So we understand how to survive the destruction and enter Zion. So 6 to 8. Verse 
not as though the word of God hath taken no effect, none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. What? For not everyone is spiritual Israel which are of blood Israel. That's what it's saying. For not everyone is actual true Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children of Abraham. So just because you're the, the physical descendant of Abraham, you're not actually the spiritual seed of Abraham. But but it says, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. The seed of Isaac, seed of Abraham, seed of Jacob of Israel. That is, in other words, let's understand this more clearly. They which are the children of the flesh, of his actual blood, these aren't the children of God, the children of Christ the adopted sons and daughters. No, just because you are his children, descendant, but rather the children of the promise. Which promise? The promise to be baptized if you obey his covenant. They are counted for the seed of Abraham. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come. Sarah have a son. So he's talking about the, the promise of the seed. Well, God promises to baptize us with fire and the Holy Ghost if we do his will. And this is how we know what we're talking about, to become the children of God. So now we have children of God equals, oh, I'll pull up the whiteboard here. So now we have children of God or of Christ. So this is the, this is the adopted version equals Children of Abraham, spirit, children of Abraham. The spirit, children of Abraham, out of whom comes Joseph and Ephraim. That's going to connect what we're talking about here. The rebellious who haven't become the children of the promise are not true or blood Ephraim. That's what it means. Spiritually adopted Ephraim. They don't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're not offering the sacrifice of a broken heart, contrite spirit because they're rebellious. Therefore, they're destroyed. Now, what just one more to uh, solidify that is Ephesians 1 4 to 5. Ephesians 1, 4 to 5, just to solidify. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame or guiltless, he who comes up with an open heart, remember, without blame, I will hold him guiltless, without blame or holy or without spot. Look at that. That's exactly what it's talking about here in verse 22. I will not hold any guilty that go up with an open heart. So the open heart means a, con a broken heart and contrite spirit. Holy without blame in him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. There it is, adoption of children, according to his good pleasure of his will, to play, praise and glory of his grace. So there it is, adoption of children by Jesus Christ. There's the adoption we were just talking about right there. So this whole idea is all through the 
well, first the new and the the everlasting covenant. The everlasting covenant of offering up your whole souls, a broken heart and contrite spirit, so that you can receive the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost, which allows you to become the children of Abraham. That's what we just read, and that's what it is saying here. The rebellious are not of the blood of Ephraim. They're not the true adopted sons of Ephraim. Why does it say Ephraim instead of Abraham? Because Ephraim is the one who's supposed to start the great work. Ephraim's the one that's supposed to go out and bring in all of Israel to inherit. So, so surviving destruction and entering Zion, Ephraim is first. The Ephraimites, we know, is who the restoration came through, and the Ephraimites must carry it out to the uh, Manassehites, which are the Lamanites, and then they build the New Jerusalem, and then the Ephraimites go out and gather the lost ten tribes, and lastly goes to Judah. So that's what this is talking about. How amazing is this? And that is how we survive it. And then interestingly, so then it sits on a hill to judge the nations. Look at this interesting note. Liars and hypocrites will be proved by these uh, acceptable people of the Lord. They who are not apostles and prophets shall be known. So there are those who are prophets and prophets prophets and apostles, who aren't actually, they are liars and hypocrites, it says, and they'll be known. That's an interesting note. And that is actually done by the end-time servant who we've been hinting at back here. Right here. Nope, right there. And that takes us into 65 to wrap up. 65 is a prayer. Now, it says Revelation on prayer. No, when you go back through the manuscripts, you see that this was a prayer. And um, all of this is Isaiah language. It's only six verses. Hearken and low, a voice as one sent down from on high, who is mighty and powerful, whose going forth is unto the ends of the earth, yea, whose voice is unto men. Prepare you the way the Lord make his path straight. Now, interestingly, this sounds like the voice of Christ. Now, when you read in Isaiah, the voice of Christ comes through his servants. So, yes, this is the voice of Christ, but it's actually the voice of his servant. And that's why John is a type for this, John the Baptist, because John said, I am the one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. That's how we know that this isn't Christ. Because John prepared the way for Christ, and this servant comes back and prepares his way, just like John the Baptist did. It happens again. There is another preparer, and it is a servant, a great prophet like John the Baptist, who is crying in the wilderness. We don't have enough this, we could do a whole series on all this stuff, but we're just gonna hint at, hint at it here. Make his paths straight. Okay, so we need. We're going to just, some important highlights. Prepare ye. That's a huge clue. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Okay, now look at this. 
Now we are back to the keys. The keys of the kingdom of God are committed to man on the earth. And from thence, from the man who has the keys, from thence, the thence is what was just talked about. From thence, the keys committed to man. Well, interestingly, this is a huge hint. We know who has the keys until Christ comes. We know who has the keys until Christ comes. And in our drawing, um, throughout all this time, until I come. So there is one particular man who has it. And from thence shall the gospel roll forth unto the ends of the earth as a stone. And look at this. As the stone cut out of the mountain without hands. So this is this is the this is the vision of Daniel, well of King Nebuchadnezzar, given by Daniel, interpretation anyway. There's that reference. So this is when it starts. Yea, a voice crying, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare ye the supper of the Lamb. This is how we know it isn't the Lord. The Lord doesn't say prepare my way and my supper. No, He sends a servant to do that. Make ready for the bridegroom. So the servant comes and does this, and. Pray unto the Lord, call on his holy name, make known his wonderful works among the people. So pray unto the Lord. This is part of broken heart and contrite spirit. Crying out unto the Lord for help, for deliverance, for direction, so that we can receive that guidance of the Spirit. That's how we're saved. We just read all of that. Call upon the Lord that his kingdom may go forth on the earth, that the inhabitants thereof may, here it is, may receive it. May receive it? That's what we talked about. In section 66, receiving it is what William E. McClellan started to do, receiving my everlasting covenant, the broken heart and contrite spirit, so that you could be baptized with fire and the Holy Ghost. This is the essence of the fullness of the gospel. Okay? That they may receive it and be prepared for the days to come in the which Son of Man come down out of heaven. So this is how you're prepared for the days to come. This is how we survive the destruction and enter Zion by receiving the new and everlasting covenant of offering up a sacrifice of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And that prepares us for the days to come. Which days? Which days specifically? Well, the ones that were so morbid here. The day of burning, weeping, wailing, destruction, etc., etc. The day of the tithing of my people. So receive the gospel. Receive the gospel. Come into the sacrifice. Offer your whole soul so that you can be one of the tithed, one of the spared. So you can be true blood Ephraim and actually inherit Zion. To meet the kingdom of God, which is set up on the earth. So we're setting up the kingdom of God. It hasn't been set up yet. Joseph taught that the kingdom of God isn't the church, uh, the restored church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That wasn't the kingdom of God. He said that very clearly. So it, when people say that, it's it's a misnomer. And, and it's, you know, it's forgivable. It's, it's easy to confuse, but it's not the same. The kingdom of God hasn't been set up yet. The kingdom of God is the stone cut out of the mountains without hands. In fact, um, we just referenced the stone, and that's starting here. So we got the stone... the kingdom on earth. And and it's telling us when that stone starts right here. The stone 
kingdom starts to roll forth because that is that is the great and marvelous work the stone the kingdom okay so wherefore seeing all of this may the kingdom of god go forth that the kingdom of heaven may come the city of enoch that thou o god mayest be glorified in heaven so on earth that thine enemies may be subdued eventually and uh we've gone over that the enemies being subdued happens by the end of the millennium so that's the work of the millennium can start for thine is the honor power glory forever and ever amen and this just touches on the surface let me say that for a wonderful cross reference in addition to the entire book of isaiah because that's where all of that comes from of course we saw the daniel stone out of the mountains that that being an exception of course uh we have cross reference section 133 is a great cross reference for 65 That's a great cross-reference to this 65. Great cross-reference here. And 133 is much longer, much more robust. This is really robust. And again, it goes all back to Isaiah, which Jesus commanded us to search diligently. And right now, by the way, is a fantastic time to jump in on Isaiah Institute's uh, deal. They have an amazing deal. I just this is a This is a plug that you have to know about, because if you don't know about it, You can get some of these books in an amazing bundle, and you can jump into Isaiah for the first time. It's an amazing deal, and I ordered a bunch of these to give away to, to some family and friends. But look at this. Uh, on uh, IsaiahInstitute.com, you can get this Isaiah Beginners Bundle, Isaiah Decoded, and from the beginning, Isaiah Made Simple, The Last Days, for just 45 bucks, and normally be um, about 90 All right. Fantastic. That's IsaiahInstitute.com slash forward slash store, which um, I can post there. It won't hyperlink. But uh, I put it there in the uh, comments. And um, it should hyperlink. Well, if, maybe it's hyperlinked right now. If, if it is, great. And if not, it will for sure after the video. So anyway... We need to understand these things because all of us, I'm assuming, have the same goal. We're trying to survive the destruction that's coming and enter Zion. And certainly all of the keys and main points are touched here in 64, 65, and 66, which is why I wanted to go over it. But it is not the only places. It is throughout all of scriptures because all the holy prophets have testified not only of Christ's coming, but most of them also talked about the second coming to some degree or hinted at it or gave a type of for it, a type in shadow. So every pages in the scriptures we're reading about how we can come into the gospel so that we can qualify as the children of Christ, true blood Ephraim, as we read, to inherit Zion and not be destroyed, to be tithed, be one of the tenth that survives because we've come under the gospel. So hopefully that's what we can do. And they are led by uh, the servant. And so to wrap up the, the servant portion, I'll just read this one more verse at the end of section 35, just because it's so 
Fantastic. So right at the end of 35, look at this. Keep all the commandments, broken heart and contrite spirit, and covenants by which you're bound, the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And I will cause the heavens to shake for your good, and Satan shall tremble, and Zion, there it is, shall rejoice in the hills and flourish. So when Zion's established. So that's how you enter Zion. We already established this is how we're going to enter Zion. Keep the commandments. Now, which commandments? The ones he gives us personally. And Israel shall be saved. So Ephraim will go and get Israel. Will be saved in my own due time. And look at this. And by the keys which I have given shall they, Israel, be led. And no more condemned or confounded at all. It was changed to condemned in 1835, by the way. Condemned, confounded at all. By the keys which I have given. So 3525, just want to add that here, the keys. One more cross-reference. That's 3525. So we had uh, 7793 and then 3525. By the keys, actually, 3525. By the keys shall they be led. We already saw who has the keys. We saw who has the keys. By the keys shall they be led. Interesting. And Israel be saved thanks to Ephraim going out, being led by these keys. In my own due time, your redemption, the redemption of Zion, section 101, like I said. Okay, so that wraps it up. Uh, real briefly, I'm going to look at these questions. If there were any questions, please type them in. I'm happy to answer for a second. And um, who put together a broken heart, contrite spirit that was new and everlasting covenant? Linda, excellent question. I did. And if you'd like that uh, link, you go to YouTube, doctrineofchrist.com, and I show all of that. I briefly showed it tonight. Briefly showed it tonight, um, but showed it much more thoroughly in that presentation and here is the link for that video um also here on the facebook page actually but um so there's a link for that four months before it's being stupid Okay, seven months before finding this group, I kept thinking about broken heart country spirit and told my kids, a couple of friends, how central to the salvation of the gospel I thought it was, just wondering who put that together and how. So yeah, I went through that a little bit in this discussion. Uh, that one goes way into it, but essentially it's through the pieces of what is the gospel, what is the essence of the gospel. The Doctrine and Covenants makes it clear that it's the new never that the gospel is equated to the new and everlasting covenant, but in other pieces it shows that the the covenant or the new covenant or the covenant of the Father is the promise to save us from our sins, to baptize us with fire and the Holy Ghost. And we have to do that by offering a broken heart and contrite spirit. So it takes a few pieces to put that whole puzzle together, which I took the time to do there. But that's the quick overview, if that's helpful at all. If I botched that, I apologize. Let's see. Any other questions I might have missed? I saw, from what I understand, the parable of the virgins include the few who are tithed. Half will make it, half will be burned. Oh, good. Uh, interesting insight. So, 
that would count that would contradict the idea of being tithed is not burned at his coming. So just interesting, but yeah. Lord having my family get baptized one by one out authority to remove being part of the oldest curse of this generation. So interesting. Interesting comments. So I saw some comments. Uh tithe is ten percent of what you do not need or is excess as far as physical tithe. Or told me some years ago I was paid up being who I am. Interesting. Um so I don't see any more questions. So thank you for joining. Obviously longer than an hour. I was just guesstimating, but hour and 40 minutes. So, um, but most important part of this lesson, we're seeking to survive destruction and resign. Please share this video with your family and friends. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.